2: Connect to more.
3: ESPN Radio for Western Montana, KKVU HD3 Stevensville, and 102.9 FM on K275BS Missoula. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuwana's Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
1: I like football!
0: What up, Montana? Nuwana is now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Colter Nuwana. This is your one-stop shop for all things sports. Maybe a little pop culture, too. Sometimes we talk about, like, the greatest guitar players of all time, which we spent about 15 minutes on yesterday. A very enjoyable segment with my main guy, Tommy Evans, who's in the back, on the board. You want to listen in or watch in anywhere besides the radio or the television... Just go to 1029ESPN.com, click on the Listen Live tab, or you can go to YouTube, N-U-A-N-E-Z. That'll get you there, N-U-A-N-E-Z. Please subscribe. We're going to do a YouTube giveaway here in the fall, so I need some more subscribers on the YouTube. We're going to cue you via that medium. I'm still trying to figure out what or how or why or what you're going to win or any of that. I just want to build it up. I think it's... uh, It's the thing right now. It's the future, so I want to make sure that everybody's using it and they know how to use our YouTube. As always, we're broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport is located at the corner of Stevens and Mount here in Missoula. NWMSrocks.com. Hit that up for the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Northwest United States. You want to be a part of the show, you want to give me a call, shoot me a text, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. One zero two nine. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. A lot to get to today. Good show today. Ed McCaffrey. This is a thrill for me. Ed McCaffrey is most well-known as a, um accomplished and very revered receiver for the Denver Broncos. Most famously, he played in the NFL for 13 years, won a couple of Super Bowls with the Broncos, and uh, definitely uh, a hero around these parts, one of the most popular players for Denver. During a time when there was not a lot of games on TV in Montana, Broncos were a primary uh, team to watch here in the Garden City and around the Treasure State. And so Ed McCaffrey, now the head coach of Northern Colorado, he did not come to media days uh, over the weekend uh, in Spokane. So I uh, had a previous conflict. So Northern Colorado made sure to get some interviews for him and with him uh, from across the big sky. So we were lucky enough to be toward the top of the list at least. And so Ed McCaffrey will join us here in just a minute. Uh, We're also going to hear from Carolyn, chick who doesn't know sports uh, here on Nuanas now. Carolyn swings by each and every week. We're going to talk. Aaron Rodgers, Simone Biles, Olympics, and everything in between. The Class AA American Legion Baseball Tournament is also going on. Uh, That's happening in Great Falls. The Missoula Mavericks into the second round with wins yesterday, as were the Billings Royals and the Helena Senators. So we'll give you some uh, recap of all that. Plus tonight, it's the NBA Draft. So we have an NBA Draft preview for you. Andrew Houghton, new contributor here at ESPN Missoula. He'll join us to give us some perspective. We also caught up with Chris Cobb. Chris Cobb is the associate head men's basketball coach at the University of Montana. But more importantly, he was the guy that had the scout on Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley, the uh, tremendous prospect from uh, USC, who is projected to be one of the top two or three picks. So Coach Cobb. Uh, he had plenty of knowledge when it came to um, Evan Mobley, so he was kind enough to share that. Plus, he's a Bay Area guy; he's a big-time Golden State Warriors guy, and uh, so we got his perspective on who maybe the uh, the Warriors should draft tonight. And then, also, of course, had to you know oblige and ask for some insight on the uh, Montana Grizzlies as well also going to recap then give you a little preview of the major league baseball trade deadline as well that that happens at uh 4 p.m uh eastern time on friday so 2 p.m here in montana so who's buyers who's sellers andrew houghton's going to join us for that as well he's a big baseball guy and, and you guys will all learn that here that uh andrew is versatile he's into baseball he's into f- football he's a good reporter when it comes to football and uh a lot to be had. We're gonna switch up the order here because I'm realizing right now, as I'm talking and rambling and uh, searching around, that in fact the Ed McCaffrey bit that I'm looking for it might have been named incorrectly, or I just put it in the system. I never wrong. got this bit. That's what though. I'm saying. I think I I think I put it in the system wrong, but that's okay because. Our good friend Carolyn, Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports, swung by earlier, and uh, she's got plenty of insight for us, so this actually fits perfectly. So we're talking Olympics, Aaron Rodgers, and everything in between here. So here it is, this week's Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports with our great friend Carolyn. Well, it's your favorite time of the week. It's a Thursday. That means it's time for Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports with our good friend Carolyn. We need to find a sponsor for this, because this is like the best thing going on Nuanas Now. Maybe, maybe we'll just solicit sponsors on the air right here. You want to sponsor this? Call us, 888-1029. No, I'm just kidding. But no, maybe, he's not. Maybe we'll come see you. Regardless, uh, this is an awesome overlay between sort of pop culture and the uh, comedy that exists in the sporting world, but also a lot of times some serious stuff, too. Carolyn, before we get to what you got, I got a couple things for you. As you heard earlier on nuanas Now here today, I interviewed Ed McCaffrey, and uh, Ed McCaffrey was a 13-year NFL veteran, a guy that played in the league for a long time, a very prominent member of the Denver Broncos on their most, uh, I guess not most recent because Peyton Manning led them to a Super Bowl. But their two uh, Super Bowl titles in the late 1990s when uh, John Elway was the quarterback, Mike Shanahan, uh, the, uh, the uh, head coach. And uh, so thrill for me, because McCaffrey was a big star in this part of the world when I was a kid. And I was telling my brother the other day, I don't really get starstruck anymore when I interview these famous people. But what about w- when
4: I'm here? <laughs> when I was interviewing Ed
0: McCaffrey, I was nervous. What do you think of the concept of being starstruck? Do you get, st- I mean, you've seen some famous people. Do you get starstruck?
4: Yeah, I get totally star- starstruck. In fact, um, in about 1999, I met Shooter McGavin, you know, from <laughs> Happy What is Gilmore? his actual name? Chris McDonald? Sure. Oh, my God. What if that's right?
0: That might be right. I mean, he has been... That guy has been in a million movies. It's hilarious that Shooter McGavin is the one that he's referenced for, but it is. I mean, it's it's just an iconic character. Yeah.
4: I met him at a bar in Hermosa Beach, and I got a little starstruck. Chris McDonald. (gasps) Good job. Whoa. Um, Yeah, and I got a little starstruck there. Yeah. I have definitely oh when Jeff Amit was here mm. um, from Pearl Jam, I brought him water and I swear my hands were shaking. See, that's
0: inter- that's an interesting one because uh, Jeff Ayman, I don't he obviously I don't think he could pick me out on the street, but I think he would he could tell me that he where he recognized me from only because he sat courtside at Grizz basketball games forever, and so you know I always give him a dab right when we walk by, and he, oh, he'll do, he'll huh? always be like, what do you think of the other team? I will give him a couple oh. lines, so because he's a huge basketball fan, yeah. He's also different, too, because Pearl Jam is obviously so famous, but he's from Big Sandy, Montana, so he just seems like such a guy. He's a Montana guy. Exactly.
4: Um, when I was, I don't know if you heard, but I was an extra on Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. That's coming back soon, isn't it? It better be, because I, I would like some stardom. <laughs> um, but I got a little starstruck with a couple of the characters. I'm not going to say who, because I don't want to spoil anything, but I definitely got a little nervous and starstruck and... I mean, obviously, they were around me as well, so yeah, it was right. it went back and forth, but, yeah, definitely get starstruck. I mean, yeah, for sure.
0: So, speaking of, you are the star of this show, and you're going to be out of town next week, mm-hmm. I hear. Yes. So, we're not going to have a chick who doesn't know sports next well, week.
4: Well, I could call from downtown Chicago. That actually might be like really fun. Too, broadcasting live.
0: Well, we're going to stay tuned, because we might have a little live uh, chick who doesn't know sports from downtown Chicago. We'll We'll decide that later on in the week. But... Second question for you before we get into your stuff. Yeah. I have heard, so I'm not a big city guy, and I don't like big cities. Missoula is about as big of a city as I want to live in. I do really enjoy Boise. I think Boise is a great city. And Boise is a small city. I mean, it's it's very small compared to big places. But I tried living in Seattle for a little while. It wasn't my cup of tea. You know, I spent a lot of time in Portland. I've been to San Francisco and Sacramento, L.A. I've never been to San Diego. I've heard that's great. I love San Diego. But Salt Lake, Phoenix, I mean, I've been to most of the big cities in the West, and uh, they're fine. I wouldn't want to live there. Everybody tells me that knows me well, though, that the two cities that I would love that I've never been to are Milwaukee and Chicago. Yeah. Tell me why. Tell me, sell me on Chicago.
4: No, I don't want you to move. Well,
0: I'm, I'm not gonna actually. I okay. would never actually move to an eight million person city. I would, are you kidding me? I would have like a mental breakdown. I can't you even know. get to work on time here. Well,
4: reserve is basically that's what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: I have a meltdown on 11 minutes on reserve. I yeah. can't do Chicago.
4: Chicago is a great city because of the sports for you. Like yeah, You yeah, would love. Yeah. I mean, there are so many options. There's so much. I mean, it's just and the people fun. are crazy about it too. The people right? are crazy. I love Chicago, but I don't live there for a reason, and that is because I need a work-life balance, and by right. work-life balance, I mean life, <laughs> work, <laughs> because I, um, I'm i not going to sit in, I'm not going to commute, I'm not going to live in the city, but it's, it's a, you should definitely go visit, you should go to a Bears game, you should definitely go to a Cubs game. I was offered White Sox tickets and declined them mm. because... I'm not going to a White Sox game, okay?
0: Oh, boy. They're in first place right now, I don't care.
4: They are the White Sox. (laughs) If you're a Chicagoan, you love one or the other. That's true. I couldn't tell you the name of a Cub, but I can tell you that Wrigley Field is the most amazing place to go.
0: Ryan Tutel loves this if he's listening, because Ryan Tutel, former co-host of this show, is a gigantic Chicago Cubs fan for no other reason than... uh, WGN TV was one of the only ten cable channels that we got up Grand Creek when we were kids, and so we were watching the Cubs. It was the Cubs or the Braves. That's why there's so many Cubs and Braves fans. Yeah, that makes sense around here. So, um, well, I have to go check out Chicago. What's the downside of Chicago? Because there's always a downside. Whoa, (laughs) isn't it the wind?
4: Don't they call it the Windy City? but you know, fun fact, they called it the Windy City because of the politicians blowing hot wind, not just because it's windy. (laughs) Is that real? I don't know if that's real, but I heard that (laughs) once. Um, It's windy and cold, but so is Montana. Sure. So, (laughs) I mean, I think you could handle the wind and the cold.
3: Okay.
4: I just, it's too many people. Um, In fact, I was, there's crime, and there's a lot of crime right now, and I just got this really cute new purse, and I was super excited, and then I'm like, oh... This particular design, someone could just stick their hand down and take my wallet out of. So now I can't even bring my new purse to Chicago. Uh-huh. But that's the, those are the things I think
0: about. Well, okay. That's unfortunate that that's the uh, circumstance of the situation. Yeah. But... We're Doesn't Know Sports, Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. There's a lot of stuff to get to today, Carol, yes. and I already know that you're going to... I already know a couple <laughs> things you're going to address, so I'll just let you start, because I'm not going to lead you anywhere. I know we're going to get uh, to wherever you want to get to.
4: Okay, well, obviously, we need to talk about Simone Biles, and you and I spoke about it off the record sure. a couple days ago, Yep. Um, and you... Your opinions differed from mine at that time. Sure. Can I repeat what your opinions were? Sure. That you felt like she wasn't performing and that she just wanted to leave?
0: Well, I, I was thinking that if, if... I just don't know if the pressure of the situation is a good excuse when you're on the biggest stage, but I also totally understand... I hadn't... real. Th- here's what's driving me crazy about this. They didn't show the full breadth of what happened. Right. They only showed the last vault where she sort of tweaked her ankle and then she walked off. Right. They didn't show the other, she had a practice vault and then a prelim vault where she like went off the mat.
4: Did you see her on Sunday?
0: No, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like I watched all the videos now and she was definitely off. Like she has the case of the whirling, whatever, like they call it. The twisties. The twisties, yeah. Or the yips. And so I totally get that part. Like if she just needed to take a step back to then go chase some individual golds later. I get it. I also thought harder about this too. Because there's been this whole narrative. Oh, Michael Jordan would never sit out Game 7 of the NBA Finals. LeBron James would never sit out of a playoff game like this. When you go up for a layup or a dunk and you get fouled hard, you could get hurt, but you're not going to necessarily die. If you screw up on...
4: Yeah, you could end up in a wheelchair.
0: I mean, you could break your neck. I shouldn't laugh. I mean, you could absolutely die. Right. Or get really, really hurt. So if you're not feeling confident, okay, I kind of get it.
4: So this case, the twisties, which I'm sure everyone already knows about and now because it's been, you know, talked about a lot. Um, and they also call it the yips in other sports where sure. you are, you you're just have a mental block. And I was actually, before all this went down, I was playing, I don't know if you heard, I used to play tennis. Oh, yeah. So I've been playing a little bit here and there. And I was just playing with a friend. And it was funny, in my mind, I realized we were just playing out some points, not... We weren't even playing a match. we I was serving. She was, you know, and I got so, my whole body when I serve still gets so tense and nervous and I'm not even playing anything but just for fun. And then when we were just hitting, I was, like I was, all my unforced errors like went away. Sure. But when I'm playing a game for some reason, even at the tender age of my age, <laughs> I still get, like, my body tenses up. I can't imagine. And I know these people are totally trained. This is their life. This is everything. But if you're about, you know, that whole... Your whole team is sort of... You're the face of the team. You're the person everybody's counting on. I think you're... You just completely... You could totally shut down. I think she did the right thing. And I think she even said, like, my my body and my mental health are more important than any gold medal.
0: So, this is... It's such an interesting discussion because I really don't think there is a, a stance to take. I think that every all of the 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 um, all the factors are are pertinent. I mean, she does deserve to make her own decisions. She does deserve to be the one. I mean, she obviously is not mentally weak. She's won six gold medals. Right. So, I mean, she's the greatest gymnast of all time. Yeah. She's one of the greatest athletes of all time. Um. But also, I think there is a little bit of room. Here's the thing. She's allowed to do whatever she wants, and then if she does that, then she has to also accept that there's criticism that comes with it. Yeah,
4: and I think she is. I think she definitely has accepted that, but I've seen all of these stories of other gymnasts like Carrie Strug. Yeah. She performed that vault with a broken ankle, and everyone said how brave she was and all this stuff. And then she had to retire at 18. Right. Because. Never heard com- from again. No. Well, she was on an episode of Nine Hundred Two all. Okay, sure. So just so you know, <laughs> she didn't do great, but you know, it was cute. So I just think these people do have to look, um, especially gymnasts, like they're flipping in the air and if one false move and they could never walk again. So I say you go girl.
0: Will she return is the question for me.
4: Will she return to the Olympics like in 2024?
0: Uh, no. I th- I mean, is she done for this Olympics? Is I heard th-
4: she was done for this Olympics. Oh, man. And that's now, but so then mad. everything, I, this is going to be something I also want to bring up. But everything, all the news, like I popped on something this morning and read some spoilers. And then I was watching the Today Show and they were saying something different than what I read, which means like, I, so I don't really know what her plan is. But they said she could come back if she wanted to. But I don't know. And I don't know if that's fair either. Right. Like, if you're going to walk out, maybe you should just set it out and let the other the alternates that, you know, weren't going to get to perform. perform. Well,
0: if that is the last that we see of Simone Biles on the Olympic stage, um, an unfortunate ending to be sure. But hopefully that does not overshadow. For me, it certainly will not overshadow what she has already accomplished. Um I mean, I think she's truly transcendent. I think she broke the sport. I mean, she's doing... That's the other factor here. She talked all about how this is not about her anymore, and that's an unfortunate circumstance. I mean, they adjusted the whole scoring thing to basically screw her because no one in the world can do what she does. Right. They want to make it more competitive, else she'll just walk away with it. So, if you get to that point of transcendence, I think that uh you're pretty unforgettable. So, Here's, I, I don't know, it's like we talked about last time too. The the fact that these Olympic athletes sometimes just fade into into the ether is so strange to me.
4: Right. And that's the other thing after watching, if you, any of you listening are, you know, disappointed in her and this decision, watch The Weight of Gold on HBO Max. It is so eye-opening to the pressure and everything that goes on with these Athletes, Um, But I don't think this is the last we'll see of her. I think she's going to go do, you know, go on some, do some speeches and go do, you know, inspirational talks and things like that. Um, She might be like a coach. I mean, I just think she's got a bright future in general. So now she can just actually be able to walk.
0: It's so weird how short the shelf life is for fame for these girls. Yeah. Like, at one point, Gabby Douglas was the most famous girl in the country, yeah. and, and I, we haven't heard from her at all. Right. I mean, uh, who was the blonde gal? Nastia Lukin. She was um, so, she's on every Subway commercial you could ever get, and now you haven't heard from her. I you mean, know.
4: where's Mary Lou Retton? <laughs> right. I mean- She was my queen uh, when I was in fourth totally. grade. I would go out on my front lawn, and I would take my foot and make a balance beam, like, you know, make it look like a balance beam in the lawn. Mm-hmm. And then practice cartwheels on the, you know, balance beam in my front yard. And I just wanted to be Mary Lou Retton so bad. I love it. Yeah.
0: Well, if Simone Biles is finished, she finishes her career as the uh, most decorated United States Olympic gymnast of all time. Um, Four gold medals, which surpasses Gabby Douglas's previous record of three. Um, Before that, it was Shannon Miller had two. And five total medals, so um, more individual gymnastics medals than anybody in the history of the United States besides Shannon Miller, So, and Mary Lou Redden. Those two uh, each had five or more. So impressive uh, by Simone Biles. Maybe she gets one more shot at this time. Maybe she gets one more crack at it next time, but uh, either way, an awesome career for her. What else? You, uh, it's the chick who doesn't know sports. Nuana's now 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Good friend Carolyn swinging by. What else you got, Carolyn?
4: I have another Olympic discussion the viewership of the Olympics is down at like an all-time low.
0: Yeah, I know exactly why. I do
4: too. So you tell me your, your thoughts. The TV
0: coverage sucks.
4: The TV coverage sucks. It sucks. The We get all the spoilers online the second you open your, your browser. Yeah. It's how many people won, this, that, and the other. So what do you think that they could do better? How do you think? Do you think it's the time difference in this particular? Because they're practically a full day ahead of us. Yeah. Or do you think, like, what do you think could be better about the TV coverage? Well, I
0: don't really know. I, I don't really know how you remedy the situation. That's what is unfortunate because you're not getting rid of Twitter. Like, you're not right. getting rid of Facebook. And so the stuff is up online right. before it's ever going to be watched live. So I guess if you want to just watch the Olympics event by event on Facebook or something, then it maybe the coverage doesn't suck. I just like to watch it at night, like, when right. I get home. And I already know half the stuff that exactly. happened. Exactly.
4: Well, I think we should have a ban on tweeting and reporting the news online until it's been aired on television. Oh,
0: good luck with that. I'm I mean, just
4: telling you my opinion. I'm not saying it's going to happen.
0: Um, yeah, it's a it's a tough situation for sure. Yeah. Um, it's not just the the spoiler alerts though cuz that's this is obvious. This is not the first Olympics that that has right. been the case. This is the at least fourth Olympics where social media has been a prominent part of news uh distribution. And so we've always, and it's always been time differences. It hasn't quite been 14 hours or whatever it is with Tokyo, but uh, it's always been a time difference. But more than that, it's the, I think that they're just a little haphazard in the way that they're doing things. Like they have a hard time showing an event and then there's not a lot of continuity to it. Right. Like you'll go from this to this and then all of a sudden you'll be watching Katie Ledecky's interview, like after you've already watched multiple races in between and then a while later, it's her medal ceremony and there's this, it does if it's not going to be live, just like taped away and edit it and yeah. give me Katie Ledecky, her talking, her getting her medal, now next now event. Now
4: next event. You know what the Olympics needs? They, this year, they need Ryan Lochte making up a story about getting robbed at gunpoint again, because I really think that helped <laughs> the Rio Olympics. And, um, I think, you know, let's, let's have like a scandal.
0: This is really going to get uh, upside down for me, too, because I enjoy gymnastics, um, but I also know that even if there was no Twitter, I would have the ultimate spoiler alert. That's my mother, because she watches and tapes and rewatches <laughs> women's gymnastics. I mean, she is like the women's gymnastics aficionado of the world. Is she, she a
4: former gymnast?
0: She's not. Oh. She just loves it. She oh. loved Mary Lou Retton yeah. and, and when she was a kid and uh, Nadia Comaneci. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she just, she loved them. But anyways, uh, I'm here for the track. Right. Give me the track and field. And that starts, I believe, on Friday. And, uh, yep, starts on Friday. I'm going to be real salty when I'm getting my spoiler alerts on the track. But yeah. good thing it goes for uh, Friday the 30th, which is tomorrow, all the way through Sunday the 16th, or Sunday the 8th, excuse me, day 16 of the Olympics. So... A lot of great track and field to be had.
4: One other question about the Olympics, and we'll move on. Okay. How do you think, what do you think the scene is at the Olympic Village right now?
0: (laughs) I just want to know what all the rules are because, uh, I don't know, we don't need to go down the the optics of the masks and all this, but I think that they have pretty strict rules. I mean, one thing that's worth noting, I thought my brother pointed this out accurately last night, is that... uh, the number one reason that there's no fans in the stands has nothing to do with the pandemic. It has everything to do with the insurance claim. Right. If they didn't let people into the stands then they could file an insurance claim for two billion plus dollars and recoup a bunch of their money, so I don't know. But I don't know what the scene at the Olympic Village well, would be. Well, they still
4: like. delivered all that protection. <laughs> so
0: Well, there's the one swimmer, the guy who keeps getting all the pub for uh Oh yeah, yeah crying yeah. and whatever. I mean that guy, they showed his family. I believe he has a beautiful girlfriend and/or wife. But if he didn't,
4: well, you know what they'd be say. having. He'd be having
0: the greatest time in the Olympic. What Village. happens
4: if the Olympic Village <laughs> stays at the Olympic Village?
0: I mean, objectively, that guy. Wow, he's that guy beautiful. He's every he's the most handsome man I've ever seen. It's like wow, you you would have the greatest time ever at the I'm Olympic sure Village. I'm sure he is wearing his gold medal. Yeah. No, I uh, no shirt. I mean, I'd just be walking around shirtless, gold medal.
4: I saw a. TikTok or or Instagram video, and they showed the Olympic Village, and they're all eating in the same place in a sure. huge cafeteria. So, you know whatever's going on there with the safety and the COVID safe and and social distancing isn't happening, and so you know what's happening.
0: All right, all right. Chicken does no know sports. Nuana's now one two nine ESPN Missoula. What else you got?
4: Aaron Rodgers.
0: Oh, here we go. So. uh, We'll do a little repeat of yesterday. Our esteemed leader here at Missoula Broadcasting Company is a uh, native of Madison, Wisconsin. She is the most Wisconsin person I know. She is such a huge sports fan, and she was screaming at the top of her lungs yesterday because Aaron Rodgers said that, I'm just paraphrasing, but the Green Bay is not a vacation destination. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm going to Lake Michigan today. It's totally a vacation destination. I go on vacation there every year. Blah, why blah, would blah, he blah. even
4: bother saying that? Why because he
0: was trying to imply that that's why they can't get free agents. Okay. This is his whole thing. He keeps yeah. beating the drum. I live in a 100,000-person town. No free agent wants to come here, blah, 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 blah. Middletown, white America, yada, yada, yada. It's like, bro, you play for the Packers. They, yeah. There's like, t- You guys won, like, 10 championships.
4: So, But he signed on. He's back.
0: Apparently he is for now. For now, he is driving me nuts. I wish he would just shut his mouth.
4: Well, I can't wait for people to boo him on the oh, opening boy. day or whatever they. The call thing that, that Aaron
0: Rodgers has got though is he's got the trump card. Because you can sit here and hate all his antics, you can sit here and hate everything. He's the MVP of the NFL. They'll boo him for one second. They don't throw three touchdown I know. passes. in then
1: they'll I know, be right
4: back I, It just annoys me. And I guess part of his issue was that he wanted to be, um, have more say in management and all sure. of that stuff. And I'm sorry. No, just play your sport. You don't, if you want to become an owner, a manager, a coach, then retire and go do that. You don't get to, just because you're the quarterback, get to like have any say in management.
0: Well, that's, that's, everybody wants what Tom Brady had for 20 years Roger Kraft who owns the the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick who was the head coach was also the general manager and the director of player operations and then Tom Brady was basically their love child and he got to be in on every meeting so Tom Brady really was sitting here I mean when 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 Kraft gives Tom Brady like a big piece of ownership after Tom Brady retires, I will not be surprised at all. There, it is not. I, I bet you they were sitting in those meetings be like, Tom, who do you want? OK, Tom, you're going to get paid 16 million dollars this year instead of 30 million dollars to make this roster work because this is who you want. And then Tom Brady to be like, yeah. And then Kraft is just like, OK, we're going to make it up for you at the end. Tom Brady is going to get some healthy stock options or some uh, ownership in the in the Patriots when it's all said and done. But either way,
4: even though he's not playing for them now. Well,
0: uh, the falling out was between he- Brady and Belichick. I think that Kraft will all... I mean, he's Kraft has said on the record many times that he considers Tom Brady his son. So we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. But regardless, everybody wants that control, and Tom Brady's the only one that's ever had mm-hmm. it. Rodgers is good enough to want to demand it, but it's just not the situation. It's not the circumstance. So sucks to be you, dude.
4: Well, as a Bears fan, Aaron Rodgers can <laughs> so suck it. Can I say that? <laughs> I guess. Um, speaking of Tom Brady... <laughs> yeah.
0: Ugh.
4: So Matt Damon, who is like one of my favorite, ac- was was one of my favorite actors, is that obviously he's from Boston, so he's a diehard Patriots fan, right? Sure. Well, he just said that he will not be a Patriots fan as long as Tom Brady is playing for the Bucs. Oh, is boy. Is that what they're called?
0: Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I know,
4: but can we call them the Bucs? You can, Okay. Absolutely. So now Tom Brady is turning his back on his beloved team loved team and rooting just because of Tom Brady. Wow. That just annoys me and I just needed to get it out.
0: It is annoying. Uh, quick story. Uh, I mean, there's not even any details to the story. Tom Brady was in Bozeman, uh, earlier this week and, uh, he was picking up his own burritos because the burrito place he ordered from didn't have delivery. They probably
4: were sweet potato tortillas or something (laughs) like that.
0: Well, regardless, Tom Brady, uh, is at least humble enough to go pick up his own uh, La Peria, so well, good for him.
4: you know, to be honest, you can't get anything done these days unless you do it yourself because no one's working. Right. So he no probably God, right. was just stuck. Man. And I don't think Giselle's going to go and get burrito. Uh, that's
0: true. How funny is that, that in uh, Resort Town, Bozeman, Montana, that actually Giselle would have a better chance of getting recognized than Tom Brady?
4: I don't know about that. My, well, so
0: this story is from my brother. My brother, one of his main accounts is where this burrito place is at. It's like in a tap house, and his one of his best buddies is the guy who owns this place. So this is through the, the lens of the guy who owns it, and the guy who owns it was saying that he was, like, sitting on the other side of the restaurant and was like, that's Tom Brady, that's Tom Brady, but he was, like, just waiting to see if anybody else noticed, and yeah. no one else has noticed. Everybody's just on their stupid oh, smartphone and, like... Nobody, Although
4: I don't know if I would, I'm the, I like love. You would notice Tom Brady stuff.
0: more than any. You, the reason this is what people don't get, you would recognize him because more than anything, he's six five.
4: Yeah, that's true.
0: So you would be like, oh wow, who's he's the that tall? tall yes.
4: Oh wow, didn't know that.
0: Yeah, the professional athletes are crazy tall. Like I know. You,
4: you mean little Steph Curry is tall?
0: Steph Curry is six three. <laughs> Think of that.
4: He looks so little next to. I know. <laughs>
0: like Steph Curry's like a full two inches taller than me. Like that's hey, crazy.
4: That's. Yeah, but he's still little to me.
0: He is still little, anyway, for sure. Anyway,
4: that's all I have right now for today.
0: I love it. Chicken Does not know Sports, our good friend Carolyn, we do this each week. Maybe we'll do it live from the Windy City in Chicago next week, but either way, Carolyn, great last segment of July. Thank you so much for swinging by. Thank you. Pahrumpf, Nevada, the future headquarters. Of this show here, Nuana's Now. Thanks so much for listening to Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. Our good friend Carolyn, she swings by every Thursday. Always a lot of fun to have her come on by. Sorry, we switched up the order from the preview that I introed the show with. I forgot to finalize the uh, production of my interview with Ed McCaffrey, Northern Colorado head coach. So that's what's next. Keep it right here. Former Denver Bronco, 13 year NFL veteran, and the newest coach in the Big Sky Conference, Ed McCaffrey joins us right here on ESPN Missoula right after this. One,
3: two, three! The is now on ESPN Radio.
0: to remember vh1 i feel I know it's still fine, a channel yeah, fine, but like yes. in its in its peak vh1 like real vh1 yeah just just barely so they were you know mtv obviously burst on the scene actually this is interesting today today right now today i believe is the 40th anniversary of it, the launch of mtv bingo buddy and uh obviously changed the world but mtv uh owned the music video world for The first 15 years that it existed, but then late 90s, VH1 made some traction. They had their top 10 countdowns, they had all that stuff. But I'll never forget the way they used to tease this band right here. I was about 12 years old, and the DJ would always say, coming up next on VH1, we got some bare-naked ladies. And I'm like 12, I'm like, dude, I'm never changing the channel, ever. Two of the
3: best things ever came out of uh, VH1 for me. I love it. And... One of them had to be oh I guess no, I'm I'm confusing it now with uh, with uh, was it MTV that did Teen Mom? Uh yeah, that's true. One of the greatest shows ever, Coulter.
0: <laughs> 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 I I just okay. So I it's nuanas now, by the way, one oh two nine ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana television. I love your wonderful uh, girlfriend, partner, whatever people call these things these days. She's great. <laughs> She's making you watch some trash, though, bro. You brought up The Bachelor unsolicited multiple times, and then now <laughs> you're talking about Teen Mom, one of the greatest creations on planet Earth. Dude, I don't know. know you're lost, cause
3: I don't know, man. You got to watch it, man. It's just it's Are hilarious.
0: You, I'm telling you right now, there's a 0% chance I watch Teen Mom. Well,
3: there's a 0% chance you have a fully fulfilling life, New it. It's <laughs> already but come
0: on man I'm, I'm trying to help you out oh my gosh so good love having tommy back on the mic had to switch up the order a little bit because our bits were sort of out of order but uh, we're back in the flow now but this was a thrill for me i've i i'm not saying this to be braggadocious i'm just saying this to be um open and uh sort of um whatever you want to say i've interviewed a lot of big time football players in my career and uh I think the thing I learned early on was whether it's Jim Kelly or Thurman Thomas, Joe Heisman, Joe Theisman, excuse me, uh, Rod Woodson, Eric Dickerson, Dick Butkus. Once you get to know them, once you shake their hand, once they know that you know about sports, they're just guys. That's all. That, they're just. They're just people. And I was telling my brother the other day, we had the distinct pleasure of having Jeff Garcia, former San Francisco 49ers and Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, on the show a couple weeks ago. Marty Morningweg, good friend of mine and a former offensive coordinator at multiple NFL stops. He hosts a youth quarterback camp here every summer. And his guest coach this year was Jeff Garcia. And uh, you know, I got a chance to spend about an hour with Jeff. I, I interviewed him for about 10 minutes. And I left thinking, man, that was cool. But I wasn't that starstruck, which was interesting. It was weird. I don't really know why I brought, I brought this up with Carolyn earlier in the chick who doesn't know sports, but for whatever reason, Ed McCaffrey, man, he is, he seems like a larger than life character to me. He was, I think it's a time and place more than anything, but I mean, he was the best receiver for the Denver Broncos when the Denver Broncos won back-to-back Super Bowl championships. That also happened to be when I was 10 and 11 years old or maybe 11 and 12, but I was not yet in middle school yet. And, uh, that was in the late 1990s when in Montana, even if you had cable, you weren't getting a ton of games, and the Broncos were always on TV. So that combined with the fact that Ed McCaffrey, he's just—he's a Stanford guy, he has that hard workman's-like mentality, he had so many different highlights. He was sort of like – I'm not really a wide receivers guy. I'm a lineman, but he was like a hero to me. And I was actually talking to my buddy Ty, who played for the Grizz earlier uh, in the 2000s, and I was telling him he was the Ed McCaffrey for the Grizz, and I loved that. Uh, Ty was go over the middle, tough, catch the ball in traffic, get the first down, You know, kind of the unsung hero of the team, and that's Eddie McCaffrey This is all to say now that Ed McCaffrey is now the youngest, or the newest, I should say, uh, and probably one of the younger, actually, too, uh, head coaches in the Big Sky Conference. Ed McCaffrey now at Northern Colorado. He was uh, the head coach at Valor Christian for two years, so he does have a little bit of head coaching experience, albeit at the high school level. Won a state championship in 2018. A great part of that is because of his sons. His sons are uh, exponentially talented. He talked about Christian McCaffrey, one of the best running backs in the NFL, Um, Dylan McCaffrey, His uh, second-to-last son of his four boys was at Michigan. He's now at Northern Colorado. Luke McCaffrey was a guy that was at Nebraska, and he recently transferred as well. And his oldest son, Max McCaffrey, played at Duke for David Cutcliffe and then played in the NFL for about six years. Oh, by the way, he's the offensive coordinator at Northern Colorado. That's all to say that Northern Colorado is the McCaffrey show now, for better or for worse. I think it's a great hire in terms of getting them publicity. They're getting more publicity than ever. I wouldn't be having Northern Colorado's head coach on my ESPN radio show in Missoula on, you know, a a, a mid-July afternoon, unless this guy was a former Denver Broncos legend. So, on that note, actually, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break so that we can stay within the parameters and Tommy doesn't yell at me. Take a quick break. On the other side, here on Nuwana's Now, Ed McCaffrey, former Denver Broncos wide receiver and current head coach at Northern Colorado.
3: ESPN radio.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. stop and scream, teacher, don't you see? Don't be no cool. Maybe
3: I out, but I'm doing well. Teacher needs to see me after school.
0: I think Speaking of MTV. Teacher, Actually hilarious One of my favorite bands The least favorite song by that band Not because it's a bad song It's a fine song It's just the moment that Van Halen sold out And that was sort of I don't want to say the beginning of the end Because they never really ended But it it was uh, the the beginning of the end of the transcendent peak Because Van Halen's first four records Among the great runs in the history of rock and roll You know who never sold out? Who's that? The Beatles Oh my god it's because there were sellouts from the beginning. It's quintessential pop music. No. You described it the best of anybody I ever heard the other week when you were talking about they were the machine. They were the ones that created the machine.
3: Not them, Coulter. Oh, man. We got Ed McCaffrey to get to. You and I will swing well, That's exactly there. right.
0: We can swing fists a little later. Ed McCaffrey. Denver Broncos, 565 catches, 7,422 yards, 55 touchdowns. He's done a lot more than that, though. He's been a high school coach that won a state championship at the Colorado level. He's now the head coach of Northern Colorado. He's got multiple accomplished sons. Christian McCaffrey, you're probably going to want him in your fantasy draft. Max McCaffrey, that's Northern Colorado's offensive coordinator. Dylan McCaffrey, former Michigan Wolverine, that's probably going to be Northern Colorado's quarterback. Luke McCaffrey, former Nebraska Cornhusker, might be a free agent. It's the McCaffrey Show in Greeley. They're not scared to talk about it. Ed McCaffrey here on Nuwana's Now. Well, happy now. This is exciting and very fun to welcome in. The newest head coach in the Big Sky Conference and also a guy that's very familiar around these parts is Ed McCaffrey, former Denver Broncos wide receiver, newest head coach at Northern Colorado University, joining us here on Nuanas Now. And coach, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. First and foremost, we get to all the things about your team in this upcoming season, but I have to ask you this. I know that you are used to being in the spotlight, especially in the Rocky Mountain region, but around the great state of Montana, people here, we love football. We particularly love the NFL and the Denver Broncos, probably the most popular team in the state of Montana. And so for you and your family to sort of kind of be back in the spotlight from a football perspective in this neck of the woods, both regionally and nationally, now that you are a college head coach, what's that experience been like for you? Yeah, it's been pretty
1: incredible. You know, I spent nine years up here in training camp uh, on the campus here at UNC. When I was with the Denver Broncos, it was a great time uh, for the Broncos. We won a couple of Super Bowls during those years, and it was a great time for UNC football. won a couple national championships. So I know things have been a little lean the last several years, but we're looking to get things back on track, and I'm having a lot of fun. Coaches are having some fun players and coaches both really excited to start the season and actually have a game on September 3rd.
0: We're broadcasting here from Missoula, Montana, and there's actually a lot of ties to Greeley here in Missoula. You mentioned those two national championships for Northern Colorado in the late 1990s when they were a Division II school. Joe Glenn, the head coach then, and then he came to the University of Montana and led Montana to another national championship as well. And so we'll start there, Coach. Winning at Northern Colorado has been possible in the past. It's been an uphill battle since they joined uh, the Big Sky Conference back in 2006. But what gives you the sense of belief that you can get things rolling there in Greeley and win at Northern Colorado? Well, I just believe you surround yourself with the right
1: people, you attract the right players to the football program, it'll give you a chance to have success. You know, no guarantees in life, only opportunities. I thought this was a great opportunity for me to coach. Uh, at the collegiate level. You know, there's players on this team I coached in the Little League, players on this team I coached in high school, players sprinkled around the state and the Big Sky, for that matter, um, that I've coached. Look, my coach guy's getting ready for the draft. Had a couple kids that played in the NFL, one still playing there for the Panthers. They just started training camp. Another son over at Rice. Didn't know that my son Dylan would join the team when I took the job and didn't know my son Max would be coaching receivers. So, for me, it's just been an incredible blessing Uh, to be reunited with those guys um, and get to share in this experience together. But, um, you know, I I think that the type of players that have come to our program, the type of players that we've recruited are a testament to the belief in our culture and the trajectory of our program. They see that we put a new turf in on our field. They see that we broke ground on a state-of-the-art sports performance center, they, they understand the type of coaches that we've brought in to teach them and develop them. And we've emphasized the importance of not just succeeding on the football field, but doing well in the classroom. And so a lot of them have recognized the opportunity we have U- at UNC for them as well.
0: You mentioned some of the facility upgrades. You also mentioned the fact that you are familiar with the area and familiar with a lot of the guys that are on your team. So... Were all those the factors, or what was the most compelling factor that led you to want to become the head coach in Northern Colorado?
1: Well, I love football, and I love being the head coach. I certainly could have you know, been a receiver's coach <laughs> a lot of different places yep. at higher levels, but I like I like being a head coach. You know, I coached all my kids in Little League, um, and everyone laughs when I say Little League. I did play 13 years in the NFL and was part of three Super Bowl champions and learned from Hall of Fame coaches and played with Hall of Fame players. So, you know, I think my my credentials kind of speak for themselves but i i did coach in little league learned a lot more than you'd think coaching little kids of course a lot of those little kids went on to play in in college in the nfl as well but um you know learned a little bit about being a head coach and, and, and coaching and how to coach my own sons for that matter and and how to create a good experience for the players um when i got to uh, when my kids got to high school i took a step back i you know i didn't want to Cast a shadow on them, I played for the denver broncos i didn't want them to have to live up any to say any false expectations i didn 't want them um, you know to cast a shadow on them in their experience. It was about them. it wasn 't about me and I put my dad cap on, coached my younger boys in the Little League, and let them play in high school and Then, after talking to a lot of friends of mine, you know guys like Brandon Stokely and other players who played for their fathers and said what a great experience it was i you know I wondered if that was the right decision and so when I had an opportunity to coach at the high school level. Um, I jumped on it, even though my youngest son was still in high school. I had some reservations about coaching my own son, but it was one of the greatest experiences I ever had in my life. We went undefeated, won a state championship. Um, And then, you know, a year later, got the opportunity to take the job here at UNC once my wife and I became empty nesters. And when I decided to take the job, you know, I first asked my sons, asked my wife Lisa first, and then asked my sons, and they were so excited for me because they know how much I love football and how much I love coaching. And, it, it, man, it was just heartwarming to know that they were so excited for me to have this opportunity because it did mean that I'm going to miss some of their games. And that's the, the hardest part about coaching for me is not being able to be there physically in person for all of my son's football games. But I got a little used to it when all four played at the same time. Obviously can't be everywhere at the same time. I'll watch all of their games. I'll either see them live or see the recordings of all the games. I'll talk to them. Before and after every game, but you know, I'll be coaching here at UNC during the season, and I have the full support of Lisa, full support of my kids, and um, and I'm having fun. And but I do appreciate their support. But that that meant a lot to me to know that they were excited for me because they know how much I love coaching.
0: Ed McCaffrey's joining us head coach in Northern Colorado, part of our Big Sky Conference preview series. And Coach, one more question about the lead-up to this thing before we get into some of the here and now on your team. I know you mentioned the two years you spent at Valor Christian. Tremendous success there, 26-2 and two in two years, including a state championship in 2018. Uh, but Valor Christian has gained this reputation, rightfully so, as an absolute factory when it comes to Division One guys. and uh, It's one of the premier high schools in the entire region and the entire country, honestly, when it comes to producing football talent. So we did you learn from your experience there and how do you hope to sort of parlay that into then now uh, transitioning to the college level
1: i learned that uh you know football players that love football and love uh to work hard can have success in this sport but not all of them understand what it means to work hard don't understand what it means to be an unselfish player don't understand what it means to experience a shared sacrifice don't understand what it means to be a team um i've seen a lot of talented teams um, in the NFL as well that have a lot of great individual talent. If you look at 40-yard dashes or bench presses or you you name the metric, but they don't win Super Bowls, they don't win championships, and a lot of them don't have great experiences because they aren't able to play together as a team, Uh, to unite, play unselfishly, play together, um, have that shared sacrifice and brotherhood that you need uh, to be successful at any level. And so that's the challenge uh, for every coach. How do I help every player on our team to be the best that they can be individually so that we can be the best that we can be as a team and get players to buy into why it's important um, to play unselfishly and to play together. And it, it, that that's the real challenge for every team, regardless of how much talent you have on that team. Every year, the team is different. Uh, no two teams are alike. No two seasons are the same and uh, whether, whether you coach at the same school or a different school year to year. So that's the challenge I have and every other coach in the Big Sky has. They have some new players, uh, new circumstances, new challenges, but the goal for all of us is to help each individual player be the best that they can be so that we can be the best team we can be.
0: Ed McCaffrey here on New Orleans Now, Northern Colorado, new head coach. And, Coach, it's uh, been an interesting scenario to analyze the Big Sky Conference with the fact that uh, the 2020 season was postponed into the spring. Only about half the league participated in that and uh, less than half the league got the entire thing done. The three schools that didn't play any games, Sacramento State, Montana State, Northern Colorado. I know it was terrible not having football. It really just was uh, frustrating for us. We had nothing to talk about. But... From your perspective, that seems like there could be some silver linings, especially as a new head coach, in terms of sort of building a culture, uh, getting in the weight room, training, uh, getting your guys acclimated with the coaching staff, the schemes, all that stuff. So what sort of progress do you think you made when you guys weren't participating in real life football action?
1: Yeah, no, that whole experience just, it may seem so unfair, but life's not always fair. I feel for the high school kids that missed out on a senior season or at least a normal senior season. I feel bad for our our young men in our program who've been practicing and lifting and conditioning a lot of times on their own at home when we were uh, kicked off campus uh, for a year now, right? And they didn't get to play in a game. But um, it, they earned my respect for how they handled themselves during what hopefully is a once-in-a-lifetime uh, tragic situation. We're excited to get back on the field. We've done all that we can up to this point, but we have a really important stretch ahead of us here um, once we start training camp. And I think we've got a lot of ground to cover in those 30 days. But, you know, we learned how to work Microsoft Teams. We learned how to work Zoom calls. We did the best we could to teach them with the amount of time that we had uh, virtually. But I'm not gonna lie, it was a big challenge for us and for everybody. Um, so it's unfortunate we didn't play any games. We all wanted to. Uh, we had a couple of scrimmages at the end of spring ball, and it was probably the most excited I've ever seen a group of players look in my life uh, running around the field and celebrating and having fun. So we're going to hopefully parlay off that energy and excitement and have a great training camp and finally kick off and play in 2021.
0: Got a chance to catch up with a couple of your sons, actually, at the Big Sky kickoff recently. But first, let's talk about Max. He's your offensive coordinator. I know he played uh, at Duke. And so what do you like about his pedigree, just from an uh, objective non-father standpoint? Because you obviously have a lot of trust in his football IQ as he's set to lead the Northern Colorado offense.
1: Yeah, no. He he played in the NFL as well. He took the the path less traveled. (laughs) He played on, you know, he was in six different locker rooms over the course of four years. Uh, living out of his Jeep. Not everybody understands that folk, You know, NFL players can have that experience as well. It was a great one, though, especially if you want to get into coaching. You got to play uh, for the Oakland Raiders and the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints and the Jacksonville Jaguars and played for some incredible coaches and got some really great experience. And it has helped us uh, immensely, having all those uh, different experiences and having to learn all those different systems. So, You know, I I joked with him, a lot of people would have paid to get to play for all those teams and have the experience learning from those great coaches at that high of a level. Um, But it certainly paid dividends for us. He's been instrumental in helping us um, put together our offense and coach our young men.
0: And your other son those are the Big Sky Kickoff, Dylan McCaffrey, former Michigan player who's now uh, expected to be at least a front-runner for the quarterback spot there at Northern Colorado. First and foremost, he's winning the best beard contest of any of the guys that came to the Big Sky Kickoff. But what's that experience going to be like <laughs> for you then working with your son and also then coaching another son who's expected to uh, have a prominent role in Northern Colorado? Yeah, please don't
1: tell him about the beard thing. I'm trying to get him to shave, so <laughs> I don't pump him up at all when it comes to the beard. We've got too many guys in our with the facial hair, but uh, kids today, right? Um, but, no, it's been exciting. I mean, I've coached Dylan before. This isn't the first time. Obviously, it's a higher level. He had so many great friends uh, at Michigan. He graduated from Michigan and just wanted an opportunity to come back to Colorado, to play football, and have some fun. So he visited a lot of other schools. I put my dad cap on, and I encouraged him to ask a lot of questions and visit some other schools to decide. Uh, so he could make the best decision for himself. When it comes to where he plays football, you know, I put the dad cap on, and it's his decision. I just try to mentor him, encourage him to ask the right questions. But I was, re- I mean, you know, it's no secret, but I was really pleased that he ended up choosing to play for us. Um, I didn't recruit him here at all. I told him he had an offer, and, you know, he knows me, and I love him, and if he wants to play here, we'd love to have him. But, you know, I really wanted him to explore his other Options before he made a decision, but gotta tell you, I'm pretty, pretty darn happy that he's here, and so far, so good.
0: ed McCaffrey joining us. Nuana's is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula SWX Montana Television around the great state of Montana. And coach, we we'll get you out of here on this. What is the overall scout on your team? Where do you think you guys fit in the Big Sky? What is he optimistic coming into this fall of 2021?
1: Yeah, I think we feel really good about going into training camp. You'll have to ask me again when we're coming out of training camp. And then uh, once we get into the season, right, I don't, you know, we're, we're trying to be the best we can be. We're trying to take care of our business and then the games will take care of themselves.
0: Well, Coach, we appreciate it. We know it's a busy time of year. We're looking so forward to having football back and certainly looking so forward to a couple matchups with Montana squads here uh, between Northern Colorado and a couple other teams in the Big Sky Conference. We will certainly catch up with you throughout the season, but thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Nice to meet you, at least via the phone, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, thanks, Coulter. Nice to meet you.
1: Thanks for having me on the show.
2: connect. Connect to more.